Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're all living good here on Amber and Ian. That is the voice of Jonathan Zaslow. Yeah. He is filling in for Ian tonight. Tune into NBA action tomorrow night. As the Knicks host the Lakers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Tara is in the saddle for James Steele instead of James being here. So we get a little break from the Chiefs. There's no break, though, from the Los Angeles Lakers. I just mentioned that they're in action on our air tomorrow night, but, man, have they been all over the news all week long. And we started off things with the Lakers earlier in the week, Zaz, with LeBron James after losing to the Hawks in the middle of the night, tweeting out a, what is it? Uh, Hourglass. Hourglass. Thank yeah. you, brain fart. Hourglass emoji yeah. in the middle of the night. You don't use an hourglass for time in your hour, house? I don't, I don't use any. I've never no. even seen an hourglass hardly that how you in count my the hours? lifetime. No? Okay. It is really stupid. Also, why isn't an hourglass? The only hourglass type contraptions I've ever had was I remember my mom bought one when I was a kid and that's how long we had to brush our teeth for. But it was like two minutes. It wasn't an hour. Or th- well, like, yeah, because they, they put exactly enough sand that it, it finishes in, in an hour. It, that, that's how they used to measure time a few years ago. We've come along. <laughs> Back in your day, not in mine, because uh, I'm so much younger than you. So he tweets out the hourglass emoji. What does it mean? Is time running out for the Los Angeles Lakers? And then everyone starts to talk about what should LeBron do? What should the Lakers do? So we get the word from his agent, Rich Paul, today, who felt the need to come out and make a statement, even though his player is under contract with the Lakers, stating that LeBron James will not be traded from the Los Angeles Lakers, also that they are not going to ask for him to be traded. I thought it was funny where Rich starts that sentence, though, with, he will not be traded, and I thought, that's in- when did Rich Paul become the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers? I missed that headline. That's absolutely a power move, that that was the start of the sentence, because otherwise, like, the proper way would be, we're not asking to be traded, and LeBron is not going to be traded. But by having LeBron won't be traded, and we aren't asking to be is a power move that's absolutely on purpose because he is showing you they are in control. He and LeBron are in control. So we may ask to be traded, but the first thing I'm going to tell you is LeBron won't be traded. And by the way, we're also not going to even ask to be traded, Mm -hmm. but he won't be because we're in charge. Right. Look at me now. I'm the captain now, Rob Polinka. I'm the captain. My name is Rich Paul. That's very much what I felt like this statement was. In reality, he doesn't have a no-trade clause. No. He could be traded. It's not actually technically up to LeBron James and to Rich Paul. But if they say he's not going to be traded, then, frankly, he's not going to be traded because the Los I, Angeles Lakers— I don't necessarily Lakers believe are, that. The Los Angeles Lakers, though, Zaslow, are all about 
making their stars happy and in good reason. I mean, they are a franchise that attracts stars, obviously, has had a plethora of them over a very storied history. And you wouldn't want the other guys around the league after LeBron comes out and says that he has no interest in being traded to start looking at you sideways if then you went against the greatest of his generation's wishes. Well, so you you think that if if they were to trade LeBron James, which, by the way, they're not going to. All they're right. not going to because Rich Paul runs the Lakers and he said they're not going to. Well, no, I don't believe that they're not going to because <laughs> Rich Paul said so. I believe they're not going to just because they're not going to. But you actually believe that if they were to trade LeBron James, which, by the way, if Wayne Gretzky can be traded in his prime, LeBron James can be traded at 40 years old. All right. And, and Wayne Gretzky is the undisputed greatest hockey player ever. LeBron is not the undisputed greatest basketball player ever. At the very least, there's a little bit of a dispute. At the very least, a little bit. I mean, there's so, no dispute in his generation, though. But I Okay, that. but all time, all right? So if Wayne Gretzky can be traded in his prime, LeBron can be traded at 40. He's not going to be traded. But the part, the part that I, I, I don't understand, it doesn't make sense to me that Rich Paul starts off with LeBron won't be traded. Okay, I, I would assume he's performing his duties for his client and calling the Lakers and having a conversation. And they told him, no, of course we're not trading LeBron. Of course not. But you're telling me you think that if they did trade him, even though he's not asking to be traded, and it's within every team's right in all of our major North American sports to trade a player unless they have it in their contract that says they have to approve. You're telling me, that years down the road, the Lakers, the Lakers, one of the most storied franchises in all of sports, is going to have trouble bringing players on board because <sighs> they're going to say, oh, my God, they traded LeBron on a sub-500 team when he was 40 years old. I can't believe it. I'm not playing for them. They are because Rich Paul is going to end up representing those guys. That's where they're going to run into problems. They are because of the power of LeBron James and the position that his friends are in and that his family's in. And, and it's a very powerful whole network that LeBron has and extends to Hollywood and all the powers and all the things, right? So, yeah, I would think that it probably affects things if you were at some point to try to cut off everybody from the Lakers. Or like, if you're Rich Paul and you're like, all right, I'm not sending any of my clients to you, then, yeah, like, it probably at some point hurts them, right? If you anger that network enough. What you're everything you just said is likely 1000% true. But this is where the whole player empowerment era makes me crazy. Because if I'm a Lakers fan, and I'm not, by the way, but if I'm a Lakers fan and somebody were to call the New York Knicks, they're having an unbelievable season. They know LeBron has always said he wants to play in the Mecca. The New York Knicks, they call up the Lakers and they offer. All of their thousand first-round picks that they've been hoarding over the last couple years. I'm a Laker fan. The Lakers are going nowhere. You know what? That trade's going to help my franchise. Because when LeBron leaves, LeBron's not helping my franchise anymore. But getting all, summer. But getting all of that for summer. him. Yeah, it could. That's right. He has said that he wants to play with his son. He's on record saying that. So as a Laker fan, this is why I hate the player empowerment. Because of all the player empowerment, and like you're saying, Rich Paul, he's got all these other clients, they may shun the Lakers. As a Laker fan, this is why I hate the player empowerment stuff if I'm a Laker fan, because my team cannot do what's best for the future of the organization right. because Rich Paul is powerful 
and will direct his clients in a certain direction. That's yeah. why I'm never going to be on board with player empowerment. It's yeah, that part of it uh, is 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 super bleepy. There's not really another way to say it. It just really is How's that because good for fans? it's not about what's best overall for the organization. It's about what's best in this scenario for LeBron James. And if you don't give him what he wants then he's going to probably make things very difficult for you down the road. We saw it in Miami. You and I were diehard Heat fans. We were in Miami. We were on local radio during those years for the Miami Heat. That was a time to be alive, right up until the time that Pat Riley wouldn't do that, right? He would not hand LeBron James that power because in Miami, there is one man who will always be the most powerful and no player is ever going to be more powerful than him, for better or for worse, and that is Pat Riley. And so LeBron left. And so it cost the Miami Heat. It cost them LeBron. It cost them more championships because I have no doubt that, frankly, we would have had more had LeBron been there, right? Now, ultimately, obviously, the Heat end up being okay, but it certainly was disappointing to see him then go win championships with the Cavaliers and with the Lakers when, you know, if you had given up some of that power, I also understand, though, why the Miami Heat had no interest in doing that. So the power is very real there. The power dynamic, the Lakers have put themselves in a position where clearly LeBron James and Rich Paul do have that level of power in that front office. And that it's going to be interesting to see how that works out for the Lakers. Coming up next here. Why NBA players aren't getting the point when it comes to the 65-game MVP threshold, including LeBron James, who just tweeted out about this. That's next here on ESPN Radio. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Beach vacation over camping? What about selling with Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Joel Embiid suffered that injury to his left knee when Warriors forward Jonathan Kaminga fell on his leg I'd, during I'd call Tuesday it a dive. night's game. Fell on his leg, dove on his leg. Yeah. We, the media, did not actually place Kaminga on Joel no, Embiid's leg. Yeah. No, I, we did. I, just, we did. I feel like that should be stated because there yeah. seems to be some confusion within the NBA community on how Kaminga got on the leg. It was. It just. It actually wasn't ESPN. It wasn't. Zaslow, Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian. It wasn't Zaslow and Amber that just threw Kaminga onto Joel Embiid's left leg. I think I saw Kendrick Perkins run onto the floor and pick up <laughs> Jonathan Kaminga, like gorilla press him, and dropped him on Joel Embiid's leg. I, I think I saw that. I think it I mean, was the media's fault. 
I mean, we would need Kirk to be the one to do that, though, because yeah, that's why my money him. would not be on me or you to be yeah. able to toss Kaminga onto anybody's leg. However, Kaminga yeah, like fell. I didn't, pick, I didn't pick Mina Kimes. I, I said Kendrick Parkins. <laughs> that's a smart move by you. Uh, Kaminga fell onto Joel Embiid's leg. He is injured. Obviously, it's a terrible situation for the 76ers. Embiid will be out through the rest of the weekend. Treatment options and all of that are still being considered right now. Woj is reporting that there's still uncertainty how Embiid and the 76ers are going to move forward. It Which sucks. is not a the good sign, got by hurt. the way. Right. That's it's not a good sign. Right. It's not good, uh, obviously. It's not a good thing for the dude who's playing, who's the reigning MVP and was playing at an MVP level again this season. Mm-hmm. And your hopes and dreams are are resting in as you head towards a postseason. It's not good that dude has a serious injury. But, like I said, we, the media, are getting blamed. So, Mr. LeBron James himself, he tweeted out, Where are all the media outlets, TV media personalities, hot takes that talked so much, poop emoji, about Joel Embiid, about missing those games while he knew what he was dealing with? Now he's out with an injury because of it. Not one person has went back on TV or their dumbass podcasts and apologized to that man. No accountability, garbage can emojis. I'm offended. My podcast is not dumb. Offends me. <laughs> dumbass is what he called it. Uh, that was pointed straight at you. By the way, you can check out the Amber and Ian podcast available to you on the ESPN app. Zaslow again in for Ian tonight. So LeBron's blaming us. The players are blaming us because we forced Joel Embiid onto that court because we had the audacity to talk about how NBA players should play in NBA games. The NBA player for years now loves two things more than anything else, complaining Mm -hmm. and not playing. And now they also don't like the media complaining about them not playing. That you can add to the list of what NBA players are doing. First of all, he's out with an injury because he decided to play on a knee that was hurt. The medical staff cleared him for one. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid told the team he's fine, number two. Number three, because he wasn't on any injury report. The game before on Saturday night at Denver, you know, ducking Nikola Jokic since 2019 in the Mile High City. The Sixers were fined $75,000. So I feel like LeBron's a little bit misinformed about the forcing Joel Embiid to play part. Also, Joel played the entire game. This injury came at the very end of the game. He played the entire game. No one was arguing that players need to play through injuries in order to compete for awards. Everyone is just saying that players need to stop choosing to take time off because it's hurting the entire brand. It's hurting the product and it's hurting the customer, the paying customer who very much does care. And you don't want the customer to end up being turned off by your sport because if you lose the customer, you lose the sponsors, you lose everything, you lose the revenue, and then everybody ends up eventually losing the money. So how do you fix that problem and prevent that from becoming an issue if you're the NBA? You try to give them incentives to get on the court. They can't do it with dollars like most sports, Because NBA has guaranteed contracts. 
unlike most sports, where if you're not actually playing the sport, if you decide to take five games off in football, you're not going to get those game checks unless there's a really damn good reason to it, right? Unlike that sport, though, in basketball, these guys are getting every dollar no matter what they do. They could sit out 82, they're going to make all their money, right? I mean, it's pretty absurd, which is why you get all the load management that you do. And so the NBA looked at the landscape and thought, what else can we do? And it seems pretty reasonable that where they'd go is, well, let's just not give the biggest awards in the entire sport to guys who hadn't, who had chosen not, or just hadn't been able to be out there for the majority of the season. So we'll still allow 17 games because injuries happen. So we'll still say, all right, as long as you play 65, you're still eligible for an MVP. Okay. 17 games. Like, yes, injuries happen and ticky tacky stuff. Fine. Take your time off up to this point. But if you miss more than that threshold, then you're not going to be eligible for the award award. And there's this huge uproar. Well, that's why Joel Embiid had to play through injury or, or he just doesn't if he was actually injured and he's just not eligible. I don't understand the logic that he still needs to be eligible, even if it was a legitimate injury the entire time, Zaslow. Like, I don't have a problem with a guy who is injured and can only play 40 games in a season, not being able to win the MVP for that season that he only played 40 games, even if it wasn't load management that had him out. I don't know what the issue is, frankly, with that concept. Sometimes things happen in life, and you're just not going to win the award that season. Nobody forced Joel Embiid or anybody to play hurt. Nobody is asking or forcing anybody to play hurt. Matter of fact, it wasn't like Joel Embiid was running up the floor and uh, the hard court monster jumped up and grabbed him by the knee and dragged him down. No contact injury. Monster. Somebody jumped on his leg. And right. on top of it, we're talking about a player here in Joel Embiid whose entire career has been marred by injury. Amber, he came into the NBA injured. He sat out his first two years in the league injured. He's always hurt. So it's not exactly like this is a guy who was pushing through an injury because he wants to win awards and then he ended up hurting himself. He always gets hurt. But the part that's especially frustrating to me is I feel like the players now have totally, like they've hijacked the conversation. They're totally missing the point about what's going on here. This 65 game threshold, it's not meant to punish players. The idea is not to take awards or opportunities to win awards away from these guys. The whole intent is stop not playing for no reason. Stop not playing for no reason. People pay a lot of money to watch you play. That's what it's about. It's go out there and play. Stop not playing for no reason, which, by the way, I kind of feel like last night LeBron James set out and didn't play for no reason. reason. That's what we're trying to avoid. LeBron was on his feet the entire second half of the game last night. He couldn't play 20 minutes. These guys are sitting out for no reason. That's the whole point. And fine, you're 39 years old. Okay, you're thinking, if you're LeBron, right? You're thinking, I need to save myself. Or even if you're Joel Embiid, I'm the only way that the 76ers are going to ever win a championship or, heck, even a conference finals. And so maybe those guys want to choose then to sit out a good portion of the season because they feel like that's in their best interest. The NBA in this scenario isn't even saying they can't do that, even though we hate it. They're saying they can't be eligible for the MVP if they do that. And that's what the uprising is about. 
And I feel like that's so silly because, again, in any other job in the world, like if you missed a significant portion of your job, you probably ain't getting paid for it. These guys are getting paid. So it's sort of like the bare minimum here that we're saying is you just can't be eligible for these awards if you're not going to get out. We're just trying to incentivize you. We're not forcing you, unlike they're trying to put out there with this narrative now. With, with LeBron and Draymond and all these players that are out here talking about this. No one's forcing you to do any of this. Forcing you would be to take away paychecks. And at some point, at some point, if you don't want to play 82, then let's just have a conversation about 82 is too many. Like if, if the product is, if 82 is an unreasonable ask in 2024, and maybe it is with the science, then let's, let's do 60, guys. Let's make the season 60. And then the NBA PA is going to need to get on board with that. And then the revenue is going to go down. So are the salaries, but that's okay. We'll have a 60-game season if you guys feel like 60 is more reasonable with the science and the wear and tear on your bodies. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian. Zazlo filling in for Ian tonight. Yeah. We've got more to unpack from Los Angeles. The Lakers are a mess. Plenty more next here on ESPN Radio. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So after the Hawks loss, we got the subtweet from LeBron in the middle of the night with the hourglass emoji. What did it all mean? Were the Lakers running out of time? Well, today, Rich Paul, his agent, he clarified. He said LeBron will not be traded, that they are not asking for LeBron to be traded from Los Angeles. Let's bring in some help with this conversation. Los Angeles guy, Pacific guy, Pacific as Zazzle al- always calls you, George Sedano, ESPN Los Angeles, joining us here on Amber and Ian with Zazzle filling in for Ian tonight. Hello, Sedano. Thank you for joining us. What do you make of this situation where we had to get the word from Rich Paul today? Is Rich Paul, in fact, running the Los Angeles Lakers? <laughs> Rich Paul is not running the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> and I just think LeBron is frustrated. And I get it. If you look at this team, it just doesn't have the ingredients you would normally have on a LeBron team that succeeds. And I know people at their, in their car right now or wherever they're listening may be yelling, this team did great after the trade deadline and went to the Western Conference Finals, which I would respond to with, maybe that was just a flash in the pan and they also got really good matchups 
for the particular team they had with Memphis and Golden State, and that's how they ended up in the Western Conference Finals. So I think LeBron knows that. I think he looks at the roster. He's talked about it numerous times during the season that they don't have an incredible margin for error, that they have to play a certain way night in and night out to get wins. And I think he believes, if I had to guess, at 39 years old, that this is not what he expected at this stage of his career, having to carry the burden and the load that he has to carry. George, LeBron is always a lightning rod for conversation, and it's really been like this, you know, the last couple of years in L.A. They haven't been great. So why did Rich Paul feel the need to come out with this statement today? Oh, because there was a local TV reporter here that tweeted something out yesterday that said he had been talking to NBA peeps, and that's the quote uh, I'm going to use from his tweet, that uh, the Lakers were going to trade LeBron and that they were talking to people. So that's why that became a topic of conversation. George Sedano joining us here. However, though, George, technically they still could. He doesn't actually have a no trade clause with the Lakers, right? So is there any world that we can live in with the Lakers? Well, that's where I made the joke about Rich Paul running the Lakers. Because honestly, George, I thought it was a little absurd that Rich Paul was speaking for the Lakers front office. Well, I think if anyone would know if they were going to trade LeBron, it would be his agent. So I don't know. I don't think that's ridiculous. I think if your best player was going to be on the block, one of the first calls you make is to his agent. So, yeah, I just – I'm I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, and here – so here's the part that I would add. Like, okay, so the Lakers tell Rich Paul, no, we're not trading LeBron. We would never trade LeBron. But here's the thing. LeBron can be a free agent this summer. He has said that his dream is to play with his son. What happens if the New York Knicks, with all thousand of their first-round picks in the next few years – Call up the Lakers and say, here, they're all yours. Are the Lakers – you tell me the Lakers are not going to do that with no guarantee that LeBron is signing an extension? Uh, I do think they would do that. If you trade LeBron James, um, while Rich Paul does not run the Lakers, he has control over a lot of great players in this league. <laughs> and if you're the Los Angeles Lakers who historically have benefited from trades particularly and free agency, that's probably not a smart business move is what I would say. See, we did get there. We got there. Rich Paul does, in fact, run the Lakers. We got there. Yeah. It took us a I while, think we got though. George Put Sedano. that on the crawl. George Sedano, ESPN LA, says Rich Jeez. Paul runs the Lakers. What yeah, he, actually, he actually runs the entire well, NBA, Rich, I think is what Rich I just Paul, heard. Rich Paul and CAA probably, and a few other uh, agencies probably run the NBA, is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's probably actually accurate. George Sedano, ESPN Los Angeles, joining us here. Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. So, I guess LeBron's not being traded, but... There are a lot of reports that the, that the Lakers have been very active in trade talks as we approach the deadline. Do you think that there are any moves that the Lakers can realistically make here to make them contenders? I love the DeJounte Murray situation for them. D'Angelo Russell is not going to be the player we saw the last couple of weeks for the rest of the season. And why do you think I think that? Because he's never been that player in his career consistently. And that's part of the problem with D'Angelo Russell. And I I just think that that particular player, his time has run out. I don't know if he wants to necessarily be in L.A., um, the way he's been dangled in and out of the rotation in the lineup. And I think they always re-signed him at the number that they signed him at to trade him. And he actually gave them the leverage because – I'm going to get a little behind the curtain here. He signed a one-and-one, a two-year deal with a player or a team option. I don't remember which one, 
But nonetheless, when you sign one of those deals, it's in essence a one-year deal. So the player, in this particular case, D'Angelo Russell, in theory, by the rules of the collective bargaining agreement, would have veto power on a trade. Well, when he signed the deal, he allowed them to take that clause out of the contract willingly, knowing that he was probably going to get traded at some point. So I do think you trade him, you figure out the pick situation, and get yourself DeJounte Murray. I think he's the most gettable guy for them. I know he hasn't played great defense in Atlanta because nobody plays great defense in Atlanta. They're the 27th-ranked defense. And he's also in a backcourt with a guy who's incredibly talented offensively, but at times subpar defensively. So if you go back to his days in San Antonio, he was an excellent point-of-attack defender, and he's a really good scorer. And historically, he has struggled from three, but this year he's shooting 39%. And I'm not saying he's Jason Kidd, who in his late 20s, figured out how to shoot threes, but maybe at least there's precedent for it. At least he's not going to necessarily be a 33% shooter anymore because he seems to have the shot falling down and it looks good when he's letting it loose. So I, I think he's the guy that could help them because ultimately if you're the Lakers, if you have LeBron and you have Anthony Davis, and we saw this during the in-season tournament, that they're clearly capable of turning it on when they need to, but they need one more guy. And the team that they really can't get over the hump on is Denver. And a lot of that is not just Jokic. It's Jamal Murray. It's Gordon. It's Porter, et cetera. But Murray's kind of the second guy. So you need someone, if you're the Lakers, that can help slow down Jamal Murray even a little bit. And that's certainly not D'Angelo Russell, who our colleague Dave McMiniman wrote last year during that series. The Lakers were afraid to bench him because they thought they'd lose him. So to me, Murray is the most attainable player at the deadline that would help them in their quest to probably, or to attempt to try to get past the Denver Nuggets. George Sedano, ESPN LA here with us on Amber and Ian. So George, uh, LeBron tweeted out earlier today, angry about the Joel Embiid injury. Do you think this is the first time ever that a player has blamed people like us, people on television for another player diving on Joel Embiid's leg? (laughs) Yeah, that would be a first. Uh, I would also say that, respectfully, he's also kind of missed the point on what most of those arguments were. Now, I didn't sit there and document every single one of them, but at least the ones that I saw on our network, a lot of it had to do with the fact that Joel Embiid was not on the injury report the day he was in Denver and went from available. By the way, his coach also called him available at the pregame session and then was unavailable. And I think that's what you know, grabbed people's attention that, hey, look, teams are getting fined for this. This is what you're supposed to have a rule in place for. You can't be messing with the injury stuff. He has to at least be on the, on the injury report. So I, I feel like he's kind of taken that one out of context a little bit. But, yes, the Jonathan Kaminga part of the equation is certainly a big part of the equation. <laughs> I, I find the conversation now, and it's coming from the NBA player, George, I, I find the conversation has been hijacked now with this 65-game threshold because the players are making it sound like they're they're being that that it's about awards that you need to play 65 games in order to attain these awards when that's not what it's about it's about trying to get you to play because you're not playing enough and if you don't play enough then they're going to start making you ineligible for awards it's not about awards it's about trying to get guys to play george Yeah, I agree with you. I also think the NBA made a mistake. And 
the number that they should have used, or they should have made this number the same uh, in some way, shape, or form, the number they should have used was, for example, to win the scoring title or the rebounding title or the assist title, you need to have a minimum game requirement. And that minimum game requirement is 58. So I don't know why they came up with 65. I don't know why they came up with 58, to be honest with you. But the number should be the same for both. And they should have figured that out because it just becomes a conversation that gets hijacked. And as you pointed out, and again, there's just no consistency to it. So you can win the scoring title at 58, but you can't win the MVP at 60. uh, You have to have 65. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, God forbid uh, that we give them 17 games off and still let them be eligible for an MVP. Uh, It's, uh, it's, it's, Pretty remarkable. George Sedano, ESPN Los Angeles, joining us here on Amber and Ian Zaslow, filling in for Ian tonight. The New York Knicks are a big story right now. They're on our airwaves on ESPN Radio tomorrow night. Jalen Brunson was named an all-star. He's crying on the court. We got the cool moment there. Do you feel like the Knicks are actual contenders? Do you believe in this New York team? They're certainly more contenders now than they were before the Ananobi trade. That's for sure. I mean, he has changed the trajectory of that team. And we've seen this happen midseason before where teams become more realistic as far as their ability to contend for the championship or a playoff spot or whatever. I don't think the Knicks are a championship team. But, yeah, look, in a series, um, I mean, I think Boston is still better. Um, You know, I think Milwaukee is still better. But I don't know if any of those other teams, if they found themselves in a series where I'd say, oh, it's a slam dunk that the Knicks would lose or the Knicks would win in that scenario. So I think you've given yourself an opportunity against the likes of Philly or Miami or Cleveland, who I feel like they would have beaten Cleveland anyway, but Miami and Philly to me are the other two teams that are sneaky there, right? That you would think that historically they wouldn't be able to beat those teams. Miami beat them last year. Obviously Philly has, uh, has been more successful than them. So, and again, obviously, a lot of that has to do with Joel Embiid and his availability. But let's say all things are even and everyone is healthy. I give them a much better chance to be in a conference finals. And that's someplace the Knicks haven't been in how long? I mean, you know, what, 15 years almost or whatever it is? You know, like that's that's. I think it was that's 99, them, right? I, would say. It feels like I think it's yeah, 25 yeah, yeah. years. Yeah. Long time. Uh, well, weren't they in 2000? Oh, I'm sorry. Right. 25. You're right. It was 2000. Yes. So I have it wrong. Right. Um but were they there in 2000, or do I have that? Am I mistaken back, there? Back-to-back years, maybe, but either way. I mean, that's yeah. a really long time. Yeah, yeah, so was, that's what I meant. I, I did the math wrong. Yeah, 25. That's what I was thinking of. You're right. Should uh, last night's loss, and they've lost three out of their last five at home, should the Celtics, uh, like, are you worried a little bit about their standing right now? No, man, it's January. For a team like that that's been to the finals and deep in the playoffs, like, I'm not worried about anything like that. It's like what people ask me about Miami. They're like, are you really worried? I'm like, eh. I mean, I don't know. They'll figure it out. They have the best coach in the sport. You know, go they got, on. You know, a lot go of on. <laughs> so I, I'm not worried about that. Now, again, you know, it doesn't mean I don't think Miami could get like Boston or Milwaukee in round one, and I'd feel good about it if I were them. Um, but if they can avoid anyone else, you know, they got a shot. But that's just it. I just look at, I just look at that East, and I think there are two teams that are there that are at the top. They're in a different tier. And then there's probably like four or five that are bunched up in that next group. George Sonato, Pacific guy, also ESPN Los Angeles. Thanks for your time, George. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me.
Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Coming up next on Amber and Ian, how hard is it to adjust to fame when you're dating one of the most popular musicians on the entire planet? We'll get into that next. ESPN Radio is also available on the ESPN app. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's been a pretty good year for Mr. Travis Kelsey, not just on the football field. Things are looking up in that regard. Once we got into a postseason and the Chiefs started rolling along and now Travis looks like the Travis Kelsey that we always knew as they are in another Super Bowl. But I mean off the field, Jonathan Saslow, Mr. Kelsey, he's got an, a, a new beautiful young lady. I don't know if you're aware. Uh, and becomes because he's with her, he's got, also got a little bit of fame attached to that. Well, uh, before the last couple of weeks, you can make the case that he was having a better year off the field. Now, mm -hmm. at least it's a debate. All right. Mm -hmm. Off the field's been really good. On the field's been really good. At least now it's a conversation. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. So when you are dating one of the most famous women in the entire world, there are going to be some adjustments that come to th with that and with that level of attention. Travis Kelsey, the Kansas City Chiefs tight end, he was on the Pat McAfee show on Wednesday, and he talked about adjusting to being this type of famous. It's exciting for me, but it was all brand new, man. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I've from having the paparazzi follow me every single day into work to... <laughs> You know, just uh, everybody having their having my name on their talk show every single day, whether it's sports, whether it's not sports. Um, you know, it's just been a, it's been a crazy, crazy ride. I could have never anticipated, man. But um, I'm having fun with it. The majority of the world is having fun with it outside of all the cranky NFL fans that just don't want to see <laughs> the Chiefs win. It's coming um, around. So, they thought yeah. you were fake. They and, thought you were fake. And you fake. know what? We're slowly reeling them in. Yep. We're slowly reeling yep. them in. They just they they're fighting it right now. I think it's McAfee's be... right about that, by the way. That they're coming around? Yeah, like, I, 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 I feel like over the last few days, and I think it's going to continue into next week, that it's kind of done a 180, where now I think there's support out there. And I also think that he's right about 
people thought that it was a hoax or that it was, mm-hmm. hey, give me attention because I have an album. I got a big tour going on right now. and Or the NFL is like, like Travis Kelsey was a bot for the NFL, and this will get more eyeballs as if the NFL is hurting with their billions of dollars they're making every single week. But we know it's real. Amber, they kissed on the mouth last week after the game. So now, so now I, I, I think that has played a part in the, the, the temperature that, that, that the viewers have. I, I think more people are leaning now toward the other side, which I think is the right side. Let her cheer on her boyfriend. He's not doing anything wrong. She's not doing anything wrong. What are we getting upset about here? You know what, if anything, take your ire out on, on, on the producers who are showing her so much, which I don't think is a big deal either, but it's definitely not her fault. It's not her fault, although she is at the games and she is Taylor Swift. So if you show up to a very public event, you're going to end up getting shown because you're Taylor Swift. That's just how it goes because you're that famous and you're you're that successful. Him adjusting to that, I think, is funny because she has obviously been in that world since she was basically a kid. He thought he was famous, I would imagine, right? right I mean, he had he's no idea. the tight yeah. end of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's very handsome. He's outspoken. He was a big star in Kansas City. He's won Super Bowls, right? He's Patrick Mahomes' number one target. He's in the NFL. That dude felt like he was hot bleep and famous, I would imagine, because in normal society, he probably kind of is. Like, he can get into the restaurant that none of the rest of us can get into, probably in most markets, particularly in the one that he lives and plays in, right? He could get into the club. He can skip the line. He gets a special treatment. He probably has people to book things for him, right? So compared to the rest of us, he is somewhat famous, but that ain't fame. Not like no, Taylor he, Swift he learned level of He fame. was sports famous, and now he knows what pop culture famous right. is. Right. And that's a whole different ballgame. Would you want that? Would you want to? Because you've got to think about that before you date somebody like Taylor Swift. Like, I know he said that he couldn't have seen this coming. You have to kind of know that's coming if you end up going down a romantic path with somebody who's in that level of limelight. Would you want that, Jonathan Zaslow? Well, the part that's – before I answer that part of it, the part that's fascinating to me is – didn't this just this just happen like organically? Where out loud he said, "Hey, I'd like to hit you, hit her up one time. I'd like her to come out to a game and meet her. That'd be fun, you know. I could take her. like, isn't that how it's isn't that how it came about? Like, he I said didn't, it I didn't on his kn- podcast, and yeah. he's that he's famous enough, obviously, where he says something on his podcast, and then uh, you know people hear about it, and then word gets back to her and her people, and I, I and didn't yes, know that I that's the way that it works. Started. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that's how it works. I, I have a podcast. Like, if I if I weren't married, I'm very happily married. If I, I have a podcast, like, yes, can I just problem. say, can I call out a really famous, good-looking girl and say, I, I, I'd like to meet you, and then the paparazzi is following me when I go to work every day, even though my work is my bedroom here in the Zaslow Mansion. Like, is the paparazzi following me up the stairs because <laughs> I, I, I called this girl out on my podcast? I didn't know it works like that. Yeah, the only thing holding you back from that, the only thing, Jonathan Zaslow, is in fact that you are a happily married man. Yeah, so you yeah. better thank your wife and your lucky stars. The sacrifices that you make, that you don't have to deal with the paparazzi swarming the Zaslow mansion like Travis Kelsey now has to deal with. I would imagine, I would imagine another life next time, next time when you do it all over again. Next time. Yeah. I would imagine, (laughs) I would imagine that it was quite the wake up call for Travis Kelsey, though, when he figured out what real fame is and also 
ah, I don't know. That level of, like, the Travis Kelsey fame sounds fun. Taylor Swift fame, I don't know about all that. Coming up next, though, plenty more to talk about as we head towards Super Bowl 58 here on ESPN Radio.